Chapter Two of the New Swiss Family Robinson: A Tale for Children of All Ages by Owen Wister. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two: Our Haven, a Curious Animal, a Tropical Picnic. Arrived on land at last, we felt that we had been through a good deal. Fritz remarked that he would not go through so much again for anything. I told him that I disapproved of his hasty speech, and that he would certainly go through it again were he placed in a similar situation. We now began to look about. Our position for the present was safe but unsatisfactory, as the sun, which is very hot in the tropics, poured down upon our heads. I wish the old sun would go out and not shine so, said Franz pettishly. My son, you have made a very wicked speech, I replied, and if we find bread and water on the island, you shall be fed upon it for several days. Franz hung his head, and endeavored to hide behind the skirts of his mother. But finding that she wore none that came sufficiently near the ground, he was but a little fellow, he contented himself with getting in the rear of the party. The mention of bread and water reminded all of us that we were hungry. "'Let us get in the shade yonder,' said my wife, "'and I will see what I can do for dinner.' We thanked her for her kind promise, and proceeded over the grass to the other side of the huge rock I had christened Memorial. Here we found a cool stream that ran down a bank out of a beautiful forest. In the forest we could see many trees. As I was observing them, a loud shriek from Jack made us all start. "'Do you see anything?' I asked anxiously, as I loaded the air-pistol. I was answered by furious barks from Tim, and following the sound I saw the cause of my son's fear was no less than a fine specimen of the female peccadillo. I bade them have no fear. The peccadillo, or flagidium parvulum, I continued, lives in climates where it is extremely hot or extremely cold. We find it also where it is neither the one nor the other. It is peculiarly adapted to endure life in the open air, but can frequent houses, trees, and holes in the ground at will. It is a vertebrate animal and belongs to the mammalia. It is most vulnerable in its head, which if you cut in half with a sharp blow from an axe, death will follow almost invariably. This weakness of the head is admirably protected by the animal's tail, branching into five or six strands of well-articulated joints, connected by a membrane similar to that we find in the wing of the bat. In severe weather of any kind, it spreads this tail over its head and fearlessly proceeds on its way. The peccadillo lays a large and handsome egg of a delicate pink color, spotted with chocolate. When the egg has been laid, the female peccadillo calls the male peccadillo, who sits heavily upon the egg, which breaks immediately, and the young peccadillo runs out with shrill cries. This animal is harmless, except when it attacks you. Then it becomes very dangerous. 
Its flesh is, when cooked, tender and savory, and will make a capital dinner for us to-day. As I concluded, my wife took a large axe out of her bag, and the peccadillo was soon roasting over a good fire. My son Ernest, picking an oyster-shell out of the sand, cut off a dainty slice for himself, and, smiling complacently, set it aside to cool. Prudence, I observed quietly, is a quality that should be exercised for others as well as for ourselves. You may give that slice of peccadillo to me, Ernest. The boy winced as I slowly swallowed the morsel. So did I. When I had finished, I continued, Do not, for a moment, suppose that I enjoyed that peccadillo. On the contrary, it gave me great pain to eat it. Ernest, whose irritable temper had always been a care and a grief to me, said, that is probably because the flesh was not cooled sufficiently. As he placed himself in such a position that the fire and the running stream were between us, I contented myself with a reproachful look that soon melted the boy. He lay down upon the grassy bank and sobbed silently. All the rest, in the meanwhile, were busily getting dinner ready. "'What shall we do for a tablecloth, father?' asked Fritz, whose neatness was one of his most amiable characteristics. "'Your intelligent question,' I replied, "'has puzzled me not a little.' A loud roar and a scream from my wife brought us all on our feet. "'Help me!' she entreated. "'I have put my foot in it.' I approached her cautiously and observed something rustling along in the grass. The air-pistol was ready to hand. I fired at the noise, and a second loud roar rent the air. Then all was still. I bent over my victim, and discovered a huge creature lying dead upon its back. I recognized a terrible Beginio furiosus, or cannibal spider, in whose web my wife had been caught. We embraced each other thankfully. A moment more, and I should have been too late. But now, Fritz, I said, smiling, here is a tablecloth for you. And, carefully lifting the web of the furiosus from the long grass, I displayed it to the delight of all. It made, indeed, a sumptuous ornament as the wild insect displays great taste in fashioning its odd home, and weaves ferns and oak-leaves into the rich texture. "'How about forks and knives?' inquired Jack. My dear wife smiled mysteriously, and drew a complete set from the bag. They had belonged to the captain of the lost crew. "'We shall do very well,' said I, and we did very well indeed. We moved the tablecloth up on the soft green bank, and set the roasted peccadillo upon it. "'What is this strange and aromatic odor?' asked my wife. I immediately picked a plant which grew plenteously on the bank, and observed it. A clear, pungent liquid flowed from the broken stalk, and I recognized a bed of that delicious herb, the julipa atwoodiana. It is mint, tropical mint, I joyfully cried, and its sap is sweet and strong. 
are you sure that it is not poisonous my brave wife asked anxiously it is perfectly safe my dear though i laud your prudence let us all take some it will refresh us we felt very thankful at this discovery and the flesh of the peccadillo improved our spirits wonderfully i am feeling very well father said fritz breaking off another stalk of the julipa atwoodiana so am i said little franz it's perfectly right that you should my dear children i said gaily and they laughed merrily another thing about the peck the peck dillo do you mean father yes its feet are very thin-skinned so in damp weather the long hair that grush on top of them closes round underneath its shoes and thus they don't get wet father why are there two suns in the sky asked ernest three said fritz correcting him i explained that this was one of the commonest phenomena in the tropics and that we often can see many more as we had now finished dinner fortune did not seem to frown so harshly upon us and a joyful hilarity pervaded us all as we sat upon this desert isle my dear wife with a graceful movement sprang from her seat and spread the parasol as a balmy breeze was blowing from the forest it served her as a parachute and she floated lightly up into a great banyan tree that stood at the edge of the forest i was anxious for her safety and beckoned her to come down but she smiled kindly at me and refused in the meanwhile little franz got the bird-cage he had brought ashore and putting his head in through the door cried merrily i've eaten the canary i was glad to see my dear children enjoying themselves so i made a collar out of the boston and albany timetable and putting it on joined in the dance fritz and ernest linked together by the steel watch-chain opened the oliver ditson edition of the pirates of penzance and sang duets with their sweet young voices while jack determined that he should not be beaten grasped the dog tim and holding him like an organ turned his tail round and round very ingeniously this constituted our simple orchestra and we were very happy by and by the sun set and we went to repose end of chapter two